holding little Bridget was awesome. Thank you, Pastor Angel, for an amazing job in ministering the Word of God. He will be here the second service. I just really sense the Holy Spirit uh, speaking in and through me to you today. So uh, go ahead and join hands together, those around you. Hallelujah. The Lord would say to you today that I am well pleased with the steps that you have taken in your homes and in your life to find me. I want you to recognize that I am there. And I want you to see me in a very particular way this year. I want you to understand that I am coming to you in such urgency and and such power that you need to look for me in a unique, different way. Expecting me to do these things that you have dreamed about. But I want you to look at the things that I will do for you that I will do in you and for you in bringing change and even sometimes correction in your life, I, your God, is there to do a new thing. Your pastor had spoken to you a couple weeks ago about, about the new you. And I want you to recognize the new you. I want you to recognize and to see the things that I have very uniquely set apart for you this year. 2020 will be a year of clarity. 2020 will be a year that you will see me in a greater way and a greater understanding of your life. Your call, your anointing will be clear. You will understand the realities of your ministry. You will understand the realities of your relationships because you see me and you see my relationship with you. I desire that you would move into a realm of, of, of acceptance of the new you. There are many instances that you will watch on TV, that you will look in movies, and you will see the stories that are made up. They're not real, but they, they feel real to your soul. But I want you to realize I have set apart something very unique. I have brought change in your life that is very unique. And you need to see everything with those eyes. You need to see everything with what I have set apart for you. Because it is a place of prosperity. It is a place of peace. It is a place of healing. Because I have healed you. It is done. It is finished. So see me, know me, recognize me in the smallest of things. The last that I would say to you, stop looking for the huge things and see me in the small things. And in those small things, which is a small seed, it will explode and become bigger than you could ever 
ever dream of. I've set this today. It is done. I've set it apart for you. Hallelujah. Father, we receive that word in Jesus' name. We receive the prophetic word in our life. We receive the anointing right now. Father, right now, let us see clarity even through the word of God that is going to be taught to us today. Let us see it in such a unique way. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord an applause, can we? Hallelujah. Blessings, blessings, blessings to you as you are seated. And um, quite a few years ago, I met a gentleman. And uh, the moment I saw him, that I said something to him in the sanctuary, and I said, you know, you're very gifted. There's something very unique, same terminology, probably use different words. And so we began to go to lunch. We began to talk and began to go over life and talk about life. And we would meet for lunch and sit for an hour and a half, two hours, three hours, and, and just talk about the Lord and talk about life. Well, one day he began talking to me about this wonderful woman that he met and began to date. Now, the dating was, uh, she lived in another state. And um, she lived in Alabama. And so as we began to talk, he, he began to uh, recognize that the Holy Spirit leading him to uh, ask this woman to be his wife. And so we talked about that and and uh, so one day he did that, and I was able to meet this beautiful southern gal from Alabama. Through the years, uh, I had the privilege of doing their wedding, and through the years, getting to know them. Well, this southern gal named Lucanda Roscoe, who stands up here with that beautiful voice of hers and helps us in leading worship, uh, again, is from Alabama. Well, this year, New Year's Day, while I was on a plane, um, Alabama played the great, great, great University of Michigan. <laughs> I'm from Michigan, by the way. And um, so, but before New Year's Day, Lucanta and I have that special friendship, and so we made a bet. And the bet was that if Michigan won, that she would have to, for uh, on the platform, wear the University of Michigan hat. And if Alabama won, I would have to wear Alabama, Alabama Crimson Tide hat. So. There we go. And yes, I have to say, roll tide. I'm thinking of the washing machine right now, but anyways. <laughs> so, yay, Alabama. <laughs> Amen. It is so much fun to be church. It really is. I, I, I love uh, just cutting up with people regarding sports and 
just every area of life, and, and I love being a part of your marriages. I love honoring you and your family in funerals and bringing hope and peace to your families. And my favorite thing is to teach the Word of God. A couple of weeks ago, I, I began a series, and I, I began it with an introduction uh, teaching, and we called it Happy New You. And we learned about that you are healed, and that we have a culture of godliness at Valley Community Church. We have learned that we are givers, and because we are givers, God is giving back to us. The year 2020 is, again, going to be something uh, very interesting and very unique. And uh, as for some of you that maybe are not used to what just took place, what you heard was uh, gifts of the Spirit. One was word of knowledge, and another one was a prophetic word. So there are two giftings working together. And I, I want you to recognize it and to get in the Word of God. And, and if you don't know about it, Google it or uh, start going to OSL and coming on Wednesday night and you'll hear a lot more about the gifts of the Spirit in many different aspects of your walk with Christ. You are born again. If you confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you are born again. You are new. I think Pastor Dan's been reading my notes lately, but uh, he's, he's using scripture <laughs> and statements, which is perfect because in literal sense, uh, the Holy Spirit is leading him and uh, directing him to bring things up. There are benefits of the new you that we have found. We talked about what it really was to be a new you. And that God is doing something very unique and, and developing a culture at Valley Community Church that is not religious, it is not churchy, it is a culture of godliness. It is a culture that God has set apart. When you become born again, you become real and you become a real person. Uh, to me, I, 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 I despise religion. Religion kills. Religion brings heartache. But I love relationship with Jesus Christ. Relationship with Jesus Christ brings a new you that, that you begin to bring uh, peace and joy. And you know what? Really, when we really understand relationship with Christ, um, correction not real, is not really correction. And I, I really sense, uh, I had a conversation with someone, I had breakfast with them, and had a conversation with them. And, and you know what? Sometimes correction... Uh, the people that cannot receive correction the most are people that they think that they know everything. And um, let me just say, people that think that they know everything, to me, that is uh, an illustration of what a religious person is. And they can't receive correction. So when someone who is gifted in the Word of God and, and can bring the Word of God, someone like Pastor Dan, Pastor Dan, uh, you know, um, and I'll just tell you, bottom line, because I know his personality, I know his gifting, uh, Pastor Dan is not a lovey-dovey person. But Pastor Dan knows the Word of God and walks in the love of God in the gifting that God has given him. And because he's not the lovey-dovey person, religious people can accept when the man of God brings a, a truth from the Word of God and says something very strong and, and they get offended because of correction. I want to tell you, when the church finally gets to the place of receiving correction in their life, it no longer is correction. 
It is instruction for future. Are you following what I'm talking about? Okay, so, so you know, it, it, it's kind of like, well, they're not spiritual because they're strong. Well, come on. Come on, let's, let's, let's get this thought process correct. Let's, let's get in line. Let's get to our place where we understand that Jesus Christ has done s- such wonderful things. Matter of fact, in Psalm 103, it shows us the benefits of our salvation. And so the, the series that we're beginning in the new year uh, is Don't Ever Forget. I entitled it Don't Ever Forget And today, we want to talk about forgiveness. So turn to Psalm 103, or get your tablet there, and punch the buttons and and get there. In Psalm 103, and we're basically going to cover uh, verse 1 and 2, and then the first statement of verse 3. The psalmist David wrote this psalm, and we don't know the circumstances why he wrote it. A lot of stories are, you know, of the different psalms, there's a story behind it. Just like a lot of songs that are written today, there's stories behind it. But we really don't know the story behind this psalm. But we do know that David was a man who knew the grace and the deliverance of God. Amen? He was a man that really knew this because David, because of his gifting because of his personality. David went through a lot of deliverance and David went through a lot of grace because he made some really ding-dong decisions sometimes. But he was a man after God's own heart. A dichotomy there. Isn't that amazing? He made so many mistakes, but he also was a man after God's own heart. I believe David wrote this in an older age. He had a higher sense of, I'm going to use the word pardon, recognizing sin in a greater way than when he was young, because when he was young, he did a lot of stuff. He fell into immoral stuff. Psalm 51 is an actual psalm that talks about because of his sin with Bathsheba, he went to the Lord and says, do not remove the Holy Spirit from me. That's Old Testament you know, where the Holy Spirit would come upon and then leave. Well, today, you and I have a life where the Holy Spirit resides in us and will never leave us nor forsake us. Also to me, it is a song or a psalm of pure praise. Psalm 103 is a song of pure praise. Let's read this, Psalm 103, verse 1 and 2. Bless the Lord... O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. This psalm speaks to the soul. There, Pastor Dan, being led of the Holy Spirit, began talking about the soul and demands a soul to do something. So it says, bless the Lord, O my soul. We have to do this as Christians, you and I, must speak to our soul, and we must align our soul to our spirit. You know, matter of fact, <coughs> excuse me, because of getting back uh, from visiting uh, Jill and Peter and Bonnie and Bridget, is I, I'm, like yesterday I came to the office and I, I told Terry I need just to get my head and my heart wrapped around things and and last night when I went up and got my head wrapped around things and 
and thinking about my schedule and all that. And, and even this morning during worship, uh, during one of the songs, my mind straight thinking about my schedule this week. I saw a few of you, and, and I know that I'm going to be meeting with you, and we're going to be doing some things this week. And so I began to do that, and here's this beautiful worship. By the way, worship team, wasn't it great this morning? Amen. Wow, what a powerful time. But even in that powerful time, here, your pastor, mind drifted. And so my soul is my mind, my will, and my emotions. During the song, I told my soul, stop it and start blessing the Lord with praise. This afternoon, you can think about your calendar, but stop it. So we must realize if we don't think something is good in church, watch this, it's usually because we didn't enter in. I mean, how can you, how can you say something's bad when the presence of the Lord is there? It's because our mind drifted, because our soul took over. And so in reality, church is amazing because of the presence of the Lord and all the benefits. So don't forget what God is doing. And we're going to, in this series, we're going to remind ourselves about all the benefits of what Jesus Christ has done in the new you. So I made myself focus in on God. So basically saying, soul, wake up and realize how good God is. Isn't God good? Isn't he amazing? See, in this psalm, David is telling us, when you speak to your soul, tell it, don't ever forget. When your soul is fretting, when your soul is worried, when your soul is falling apart, you feel like you're falling apart, you're depressed, tell your soul, don't ever forget. Well, the question is, ever forget what? Verse one and two again. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, Pastor Terry was bringing about the understanding of what I'm trying to bring to you. She's talking about gray hair. You have gray hair? Wow, I didn't know that. Anyways, verse one and two is talking about that you must constantly realign your soul to never forget the benefits that God has given you and me. So don't ever forget what is a question, and the answer is all God's benefits. So today, let's talk about the first benefit, and it's found in verse 3. Verse 3 in the beginning says this, who forgives all your iniquities. We talked about a couple weeks ago the new you. We talked about what it is when we become born again and what God has delivered us from. But we need to understand also that there are benefits also in this salvation. There's benefits in this life that God has given us. So in this new year, this unique year that God's going to give you clarity of seeing and hearing what he is saying and doing, is I want you to recognize that what will dim that sight is you forgetting the benefits. 
what will dim the sight of God, what he's saying to you, and the vision and the dream that he's given you that might be 20 years later that it manifests. But the reality is you have to understand that God has forgiven all your iniquities. Now, before you can understand this amazing forgiveness, we must know what an iniquity is. See, there's a difference between an iniquity and a transgression, using biblical terms. Both are sin. Iniquity is on the inside and or in the heart. About three months ago, I taught on this. But iniquity is the motivation and transgression is the outward movement or the action of the motivation. So what we find here is we also need to understand the meaning of a transgression. A transgression, our English word for transgression is the word trespass. All right, let me explain that. So what is a trespass. When you go across a property line on someone else's property, you trespass. You transgress property lines. In the same way, when we sin in action, we transgress God's property lines or laws, causing us to cross into the enemy's camp. Now, this is classroom stuff. But the Hebrew word for iniquity literally means perverseness and or evil. And iniquity is passed down from generation to generation. Wow. It's an inward bent that we are born with, iniquity. You are born in sin, iniquity. So you are born with an inward bent towards sin. It's in the heart that causes you to act out or transgress in a particular area in your life. <clears throat> so what we find is that when the Bible says that he has forgiven our iniquity, we need to understand he's forgiven the seed aspect, or what makes you sin. Now follow. Let me give you a really good definition of iniquity. Listen very closely, the wording that I put together here. An iniquity is the opposite of a need that only God can fulfill. An iniquity is the opposite. You've got to remember this. This will change your thinking of 2020. And iniquity is the opposite of a need that only God can fulfill. God is the only one that can be your security. No one else. He is the only one that can be your provision. No one else. If you feel like he cannot, he's failed you, you are living in iniquity. You are trying to trust something else than God. That is iniquity. That is a bent that we are born with. That is something that we had from the beginning. 
The Bible says, rebellion is born in the heart of the child, but it's the rod of correction that drives it far from him. So if you don't allow God to be your provision, you will fall into worry, action, and anxiety, and fear, and manipulation, and greed. We ask, why do people do the evil stuff that they do? Is because there's iniquity in their heart. Again, iniquity is the opposite of a need that you're not allowing God to meet. In 2020, some of you, you're going to face the same things you've, you faced in 2019. And you've been praying about it. You've been getting in the Word. You've been doing all. You've been going to the ignition point table. You've been going to OSL. And you've been working hard. And in 2020, you think, oh, pastor gave that prophecy. And everything's going to change. and Everything's going to be perfect. No. You're going to face it. But now you're going to face it with clarity. And you're going to remove the iniquity in your heart. How do you do that? By trusting in God. Inferiority is an iniquity because you're not allowing God to be your acceptance. There are people running around, young people running around looking for acceptance in all the wrong places. Now, I know the word is love in that song, but the reality is they're running around looking for acceptance because they haven't allowed the acceptance of God that has come when you became born again to fulfill your acceptance. Because when you realize who you really are, you will stand with your shoulders back and you will realize no matter what's gone on in your life, no matter what mistakes you have made, God accepts you. We're going to show you how that is done. But the clarity of your life needs to come because you see God accepts you. Rejection is an iniquity because you are not allowing God to relate to you. We're looking around for everybody to love us. Well, I promise you, I've been in this 40 years. Not everybody loves me. Matter of fact, some thank you. Matter of fact, some people hate me. I brought correction. They didn't like correction because they're religious. I want to drill this into you. There is an urgency in my spirit, and it is strong. And the urgency in my spirit is to drill stuff into you that you recognize what this is. And the stuff that used to make you fall in the ditches of other people's lives no longer will happen because you understand who you are. You understand the new you. And you will never forget the benefits of what God has done for you and for me. So here's what I want to drill into you. Iniquity is in the heart. Transgression is in the hand. Iniquity is an attitude. Transgression is an action. Isaiah 53 verse 5 says, He was wounded for our transgressions, wounded on the outside, 
and he was bruised for our iniquity. Bruising is on the inside. You following this? Okay, keep with me now. Jesus Christ took an outward wound for our transgression, and he took an inward bruising for our inward iniquity. Okay, so what's that mean? Well, stick with me, and we're going to find out today. I want you to think today, what inward bent do you have that you struggle with? Forgiveness is available, especially today for that. Do you want to walk out of this house today with total understanding of your forgiveness and a release from iniquity, a release from an inward bent, a release from that stuff that has grabbed a hold of you for all your life? Because you were born with it. Don't forget, he forgives all of your iniquities. That's a benefit of your salvation. So let's go a little bit further. Let's find out how this happens and what do we do? See, if you told a lie, that's a transgression. But the question is, what iniquity caused you to lie? Was it insecurity? Was it inferiority? Was it fear? Was it pride? What caused you to act? What caused you to transgress outward sin? What caused you to lie is what needs to be dealt with and forgiven. It's called iniquity in the heart. <laughs> Pastor, this is a new year. I want to hear something like I'm beautiful and my eyes are wonderful. And Here are the three benefits of forgiveness. This should make you jump up and shout. First of all, don't forget, he removes all of our transgressions. Psalm 103, uh, verse 10 through 12 is good news. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. This is David talking. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. How far is the east from the west? You cannot measure. You can measure North Pole, South Pole, but you can't measure east and west. God, watch this, at the cross, when you receive this, when you confess Jesus Christ as Lord, God totally abolishes your sins. You, watch this, are perfect. The blood of Jesus has done this. What does it mean he has removed our transgressions? The answer is our sins are not put on our account. Romans 4, 7 and 8 says this, Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is a man to whom the Lord shall not impute sin. The word impute <clears throat> means not put on your account. It's a mathematical term. And 2 Corinthians 5.19 says, that is that God was in Christ 
reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation, reconciling him back to God. That is the basis why Jesus came to the earth. In the book of John on Wednesday night, we're talking about this, is so that he could relate with you. The benefit is forgiveness. God cannot relate with sin. You have no sin. That's the benefit. That's what David is talking about. Because David messed up many times. How many of you, by raising of your hand, go ahead and do it, have messed up? I have to raise two and a foot. But listen very closely. My sin is not in my file. It's washed away. It's not held against me. Your sin is not on your account because he put it on someone else's account through the blood of Jesus. My account is paid in full. I remember when my wife and I, uh, through the computer, paid the last payment for our house. And then the next, about three days later, we, I went on the computer, and on the, the slip there, on the commute, computer, it said paid in full. And I went right to the reality of what Jesus did for me. Your past, your present, and your future. I know sometimes our soul can't wrap our minds around this mentality. Your past, your present, and your future sin is paid for. It's paid for. Jesus is not standing there, okay, that's 22 times. One more time. Nope. Now, don't walk out of here. The Bible says, if you sin, confess it. He's faithful and just to forgive you of your sin. That's to the Christian. That's to the born-again person. Because sometimes we still mess up. But in the eyes of God, you're perfect. Because he looks at your spirit. Your spirit is perfect. Matter of fact, the Bible literally tells us that your spirit cannot sin. Man, it's like, what? The Bible says your spirit cannot sin. Jesus doesn't have to go to the cross again to get forgiveness in you. He doesn't have to act again. It is finished. The benefit of your salvation is you're forgiven. Your iniquity is forgiven. The seed of everything that you do that is not of God has been forgiven. But we need to find out what that really means, has been forgiven. After Jesus washed us clean, he then wrote something down. In Romans 4, verse 22 through 24, speaking of Abraham, and therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness. Instead of the sin written down, righteousness was written down. Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but also for us. It shall be imputed to us who believe in him who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. My file is not blank. <clears throat> but there's no sin in it. But written on it because I am forgiven 
is the word righteous. So when you begin to live your life in 2020 and you begin to see God, you begin to rise up and do more for the kingdom of God. You get that kingdom mind. I want you to recognize the enemy is going to try to put stuff in your file. He's going to try to remind you of your past. He's going to try to remind you what you did yesterday or what you even did this morning on the way to church. And he's going to try to remind you, but I want to tell you, you need to look back in your file in the name of Jesus and see the word righteous. That's you. Who? It's not by works, it's by grace. I'm forgiven. I am righteous. The second thing that we learn is he remembers our sin no more. Now, I want to explain this to you. Because I think a lot of people really don't understand this and get confused by this. This is what it means to be forgiven of iniquities. In Isaiah 43, verse 25, it says, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, that I will not remember your sins. So what does God say, for my own sake? God's never sinned. What is so he can have relationship with you? That's it. People are crying and trying, crawling on their knees and doing all kinds of things and trying to get God to love them. When God did everything to relate to you, you are literally planned out before the foundation of the world so he could relate to you because God loves you. You are his daily delight. And when you look around and people reject you and people don't like you and people say this and people do this, I want you to understand God himself loves you and you are righteous. He relates with you. Well, I don't understand God. Well, he understands you. Let him teach you. Stop listening to the religious junk. Stop thinking that all the stuff you got to do, God loves you for who you, he loved you even before you loved him. Our God is holy and not, cannot commune with sin, so he just blotted it out and will not remember ever it was there. Now, this is what I want to show you. I'm going to throw this out to you and some of you is just going to joggle your your, um, I won't say religious because I told you I hate religion, but your Christian thought process. Jeremiah 31, 34 says, for I will forgive your iniquity and their sin I will remember no more. God chose to never bring up your sin and use it against you. That's what that is saying. You have to make the same choice in your life too. Well, I'm not God. I can't forget. Really? Well, let me tell you what that really, let me explain that to you. Does God have all knowledge? The answer is yes. You answered well. If he has all knowledge and cannot remember something, then he doesn't have all knowledge. Does that make sense? 
It's not that God doesn't have knowledge of your past. He chooses not to bring it up again. I think that's where a lot of, a lot of people who are searching after God are saying, well, but, uh, it's, but, and I want you to understand what I'm trying to tell you. We say again, I'm not God. I can't forget or forgive. This is what you can do. God does not say he forgets knowledge. He chooses not to bring it up. And you can do that as well. God asks you to do the same thing he does. But we say, I'm not God. I can't do that. And I'm telling you, God doesn't forget knowledge because he's all knowledge. And so the reality is this, is that God chooses not to bring it up to you and not to bring it in any area of your life. It does not do anything to coerce what God's called you to be and to do. I know. <laughs> Never heard that before. In other words, you live as if it never happened. You live your life like it never happened. But it happened. I know it did. And you can't forget. That's not what God's asking you to do. He's asking you to choose to not allow that sin to rule your life and your thought processes towards the person or yourself. You choose to forget. You choose not to let it run your life. God forgives and God forgets. So you should too. Satan will accuse you. Satan will bring up your past and try to convince you it's still in your file, and it's not. You look in your file today, and it's going to say righteous. Church, your file says righteous. Why are you so insecure? Why are you so prideful? Here's the third thing. He releases us from all our iniquities. Follow this. Hang on with me. Tell your soul, hang on with pastor. What does it mean, release? Psalm 103, verse 3, who forgives all your iniquities. Forgives means release. Catch this. Remember what iniquity means? An inward bent. Because you were born again, you are released from the inward bent towards sin. Who? You are released. Some of you think, well, but pastor, I, I, have, I have struggled. Yeah, we do. Because we're not forgetting. And watch this. We're not forgetting what happened in our past, but we're not remembering the benefit of being born again. You have total victory in that thing. You're released from insecurity. You're released from lust. You're released from anger. Someone says, I have a tendency towards immorality. You're released. You're, you are forgiven. Watch this. From all 
iniquity. King David, I don't know where he was writing this. I don't know how old he was, but I know he was old. Probably had that gray hair. And he wrote, all the stuff that I did in the past, that I struggled in the past, the insecurity, all the, the lust, all the different things. He says, my life, I don't live towards that anymore. I am totally forgiven and released from that inward bent to sin. That's what you have in 2020. See it clearly. And remember, don't ever forget the benefit that God's given you in forgiveness. Let's all stand. Amen. Wow.